Hello, Internet. This is Chase Wassenaar from Unicorn, and welcome to the EU LCS preview podcast for the 2018 Summer Split. It is that time again. We've had MSI. We've had some time to kind of breathe and, and take in this new era of League of Legends where we have a Chinese team sitting atop of the world right now. Man, it's fun to have some diversity in that again. Um, but we're going to talk about a European region that I think is fascinating. We, you know, we have two teams, I felt, that underperformed last split that uh, both could come out strong. We've got a couple teams that, uh, you know, we feel like can take that next leap. A uh, lot, of, lot of interesting storylines. And, and to break it all down with me, I am joined by uh, Josh Keller, uh, formerly of Unicorn, currently a freelancer. Josh, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. I'm looking forward to the split to start as it is starting in a few days. It's going to be interesting. We added a lot of uh, changes also, not only in teams we actually didn't have a lot of changes, but when it comes to the patches, that's yeah. going to be interesting to see. Yeah, no, we didn't We didn't need any roster changing chaos because the game gave us enough <laughs> that uh, we're already on our toes. And then let's start there because this is... You know, we've had some weird metas in the past, obviously. Riot's made, you know, some changes here and there that have always been a little bit questionable. But this is a meta in which we're seeing, you know, basically anyone being played in the bot lane, depending on uh, exactly what your composition's trying to do. Um, so many different um, kind of variables that teams are now going to have to take into account in the pick and ban phase. And, and this kind of chaos does always seem to benefit some teams more than others. So, Josh, is there a particular team or, or two in your mind that you think benefit uh, from this kind of uh, meta influx that we have right now? I think it's, it's exactly those teams who like to create chaos. And I would say, especially if we also look at the last bit, Team Vitality, I mean, they're going to benefit from it a lot, especially because there was a lot of focus around mid lane anyways and, and jungle with Gilius and Jisuke working together. And then I think a team like H2K, who also surprised last bit, or Team, team Rocket, can benefit from that. But I think it's, it's any team... Besides those who I would rank top three, Fnatic, G2, and Splice, who can then cause upsets out of that. Yeah, I mean, that's very fair. Um, when you look at um, that kind of variance that we already have with best of ones, add in a factor like the the meta that we have right now, the, the kind of chaotic nature of it does make it more likely that we see some upsets. And that's going to be huge because this was a European season that was very close, if you look at where the standings were oh, at yeah. the end of the split. A lot of teams fighting for those last few uh, playoff spots. Uh, so let's let's talk about two teams that you know were, were, were very close, but didn't quite make that leap into the playoffs. And I, I think the first one that's got to come to mind is Misfits. Uh, Misfits did, did very well in a lot of statistical categories except for the win-loss record, which is the most important one at the end of the day. So, Josh, what do you think went wrong with this team, and then what do you think they need to do to turn things right? It's difficult to say, because the changes were kind of huge, because if you think about that, Igna was an important member, working together with Hans Summer, and then also Power of Evil, of course, leaving. They added Sankux, and Sankux is a good player, 
Mikix was a kind of a question mark, and I would say that might also be why they also weren't performing that well. I think they also became a bit too readable because they were this new team coming in here, and then uh, of course it was hard for some teams to really play against them while Misfits overperformed, get confident as well. And there's a lot of talent in this team. I think right now it's it's going to be even harder for them because. Hansama, he definitely is the player who's standing out there in this roster. And now, with at, at least in the first few weeks, if they don't do anything about their ADC changes, and we're really going to see such a messy meta, I would say Misfits is actually doomed as well in this season. Yeah, it, it's rough. Uh, this is... You know, this is a team that I, I liked a lot heading into last split, and that I, I loved watching at the 2017 World Championship, but it does feel like they never quite figured out what their identity is supposed to be now that they added Mickey and, and Senkux to the yeah. I, I always feel like this team uh, is impatient. That was kind of the feeling I got last split. You know, they have a guy in Senkux and in, in Mickey that are more team fight oriented, that do better in the mid to late game than this pure mid game spike that they used to play around with Power of Evil. Yeah. And it just feels like they're not making the most out of the players that they have. I, I hope that they've taken a step back and now, um, you know, feel like they've got a better handle on how to make use of this talent for next split because the the raw potential is there. They, they finished yeah. the fourth highest kill death ratio in the league at 1.13. Uh, no one below them was even at one. We know they can do it. They just have to get out of their own way. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see if, if they can do that. And the other team that needs to get out of their own way here is uh, Schalke. Schalke is a team. Oh, yeah. People loved that roster heading into the split. And, you know, people love having this premier football club back in the league. And that's just not the product that we saw on the Rift. Josh, what do you, what do you think went wrong with them last split? And uh, did they do enough? Um, kind of this this off season and getting amazing to to maybe turn some of those problems around. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how amazing we'll do. I feel like it's hard to tell what went wrong in Schalke because they had everything they needed. They had uh, Krepo, now known as Boris, as one of their coaches. He was planned to be the head coach, but in the end, wasn't. Is uh, is still in the coaching stuff, and he was doing a good job. Uh, in the previous split, before the last one, to actually help Splice get far as well. And I thought with him and the team they have, full of talent, great players, uh, I thought they're going to succeed with it. And I was really surprised seeing them perform like this. That that actually was... Because if, if you look at the challenge uh, um, rankings right now, of course, Solo Q isn't anything, but it still shows individual talent as well. And you see Upset... Uh, he held first and second place for a good while now. I'm not sure if he's still uh, at the first place right now. I think someone overtook him. But you can see the raw talent in Ash player like Upset, for example. Uh, I think Wizard Jachi always has been one of the best top laners. Also back then for Unicorns of Love, when there has been a great support as well. Nuke Dark, he was, he was kind of the mid laner who... Always got looked at, and people said he didn't perform in scrim. Uh, he did perform in scrims, but he couldn't perform in officials. And maybe there lies the problem a little bit. But overall, 
I honestly, I think it has to be kind of a problem with the the team chemistry and the pressure which is on them standing behind such a club because I feel like the the only thing which is really holding them back is the psychological effect right now because people actually expect a lot from them. They are not they are the underdog because mm-hmm. everyone knows they have talented players and that's the only way I can explain that they did so bad because if you look at the roster on paper, this actually even could be a top-tier team in the European LCS. Yeah, no, and I think you're absolutely right to bring up the mental side of it. Uh, that's why you would bring in a guy like Amazing. If you look at Pride's like individual numbers, he actually played pretty well. He played like an LCS-caliber jungler as an individual, but clearly that voice uh, of leadership in the uh, mid-to-late game when this team would have needed to make the play to take a game home after they'd set things up for themselves in the early game. That voice wasn't there. Uh, yeah. It needs to be there. Hopefully Amazing can be that for this team. My my one concern is that I I, I think Vizicacci might not be that good anymore. And this is something we, we saw a little bit uh, during his last couple splits with Unicorns of Love. He's very... He's, he's always been a little bit feast or famine because he's always been the guy who feels a need to make a play, whether that play is available yeah. or not. And in this team, it was just such a liability to, to give an idea of the numbers. 2.2 KDA, that was uh, second worst in the league among top laners. Only a 56.7% kill participation. That's not great. And those are two, you know, you you expect him to be getting a whole bunch of kills. That's the trade-off for the high death count that he usually brings in. He only got 25. That's less than two per game. Yeah. That's not going to get them there. So, you know, whether that means that Amazing is going to have to gank for him and make that top lane a priority and, and hope that Upset and, and Vander can handle themselves, which is a risk, but is something they can do. Uh, they could try to get Vizichachi ahead that way. They can ignore that lane and really focus on Nuke Duck, a guy who we've been saying for years has the potential to be a star and always seems to do well as an individual but never quite gets a winning team around him. I, th- they're going to have to make some choices here because I don't think they can rely upon the plan that they brought in, yeah. in the preseason. And I think they know that. I think that's why Amazing's here. So. Yeah. I, I... I think another big problem, as you brought up with Itachi, is that he is actually a player who can thrive on, on carry champs or in general the top lane is strong. But right now top lane, for me, in my eyes, it's the, the weakest lane right now. You don't really have the opportunity to go for plays. I think there are two champs right now who really could carry a lane, which are Camille and Irelia. And he played Camille two times. Uh, but they also played stuff like on Gangplank, of course, needs to scale. It's Gangplank can be good, but needs to scale. Stuff like this, Maokai. So he, can, he can't really like, work with that at the moment, especially not only because those champs are champs he worked with, with before, but right now those champs are also kind of getting weaker. Top lane is getting weaker in general. And I think this is, this is a major problem as well for him. He was an impact player, and right now, as he doesn't have that much impact anymore, but still tries to have impact, uh, maybe that is causing the problem for him here. Yeah, no. Uh, forcing plays has always been a concern when it comes to Visichachi's play style. Uh, I would say Unicorns of Love fans must be relieved to not have to ride that roller coaster anymore, but it feels like they've got their own problems right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, that That roster... 
really struggled last split. Giants Gaming uh, also really struggling last split. Uh, both of them tied for a last place finish. Of those two teams, Josh, if one of them is going to surprise us and and make a legitimate run at a playoff spot, uh, which of these rosters do you think has the better chance of making that happen? Mm, I would say better chances right now. Giant, Giants Gaming, roster, their roster overall looks better they have more potential in the roster i think betsy is a player who uh, betsy and joker both are players who are just really strong and uh, didn't get to show that in the last split and overall if you look at unicorns of love we have white knight who ha could have actually made it into pro play way earlier but always uh, was this kind of stand-in back then and i think it was for millennium when he mm -hmm. played for them as well he, and then was like, oh, I don't like to play. And now he gets this chance to get into pro play. But it, it feels like it's kind of too late for him. And we have Exilia also not really performing as good as he as he could anymore. And it feels like it was just a one-time wonder kind of performing well. And now they know how, how you play. You don't really have the surprise effect anymore, and they know how to play around you. And he also had those games where a lot of people were making fun of him. And then, of course, you have Samux, who never has been an impressive ADC. He did this job. And Totoro, of course, also a Korean player, which also needs to adapt to the language. Uh, of course, he had some time now, but still, there are a lot of problems lying in this roster and i think the big thing about unicorns of love which always allowed them to get to a top tier spot also was the the opposite effect of fc Schalke. i think i was talking about the psychological effect in unicorns of love you actually have a family feeling which makes uh, a lot of players just feel better about themselves accept that they can be themselves and then they also can show it in their game but i know it just seems like this concept isn't working, at least not for this team. And it seems like because Unicorns of Love never was a team who had a lot of money uh, in their organiza organization, mm -hmm. that's also a problem why they can't really upgrade their players. So they need to make it work with this roster. And I just don't see them succeed while you have names in Giants Gaming who have a lot of talent or who performed before or good solo queue players or in turn nukes a lot. He hasn't been playing competitive that much, was on some teams, um, also back then, Copenhagen Wolves as well. Uh, and uh, I think it was as a substitute, but he always was this, this name here and then getting dropped. And if you if uh, you look at the solo queue performances, and then of course, Steelback wasn't Fnatic once, also had a great performance on the other teams he played, uh, played for Team Vitality as well. And Betsy, as well, of course, he was playing for Rocket and yeah. also always was praised. Of course, in general, you have good EU mids, but he's also a strong one. And I think if you compare to the, those teams head to head, every role in my eyes would win. Yeah, and that's why I think Giants is, is better. It's it's really rough right now for the Unicorns of Love. Uh, I you know I I like Sheepy a lot. I I think he's a good yeah. coach. Um, but I I think that. Uh, you know, you you put it very well. I think White Knight is is about uh, two splits uh, past where we would have seen him at his peak. Uh, it, it doesn't feel like he's been able to put it together. He's the only top laner. If I'm gonna go through Visachachi's numbers 
and and point all these things out. I should only point. It's only fair to point out that his numbers are are just as bad, if not worse. Uh, 2.2 KDA, 53% kill participation. He's giving you nothing. Exile. You know, I I, I think we can put him in the same category now as uh, Knight, the former Giants mid laner. Where it's like they have that one great split that made you go, oh yeah. man, what a great player, and then it just never was recreated. And it's you know so many things, maybe just um, again not having film on them, maybe a meta thing, uh, just so many things went right that we haven't seen gone right since. And at this point, I, I feel like we know who Exile is. I, Giants, to me, the the X factor is ruined. Ruin is really, really good at League of Legends. And when he hits like a five-man gnarled, he can single-handedly turn games in his favor. And as long as you have a guy like that, a playmaker of that caliber, I think you're going to have a shot. Um, yeah. I think Joko's been getting better. I'm not as high on Betsy as you are, but of course, I, as I'm a Rocket fan, so I spent a lot of time watching him uh, <laughs> disappoint me <laughs> for a couple splits. But, you know, he, he's he's very consistent. Um, you know what he's giving you, and that's something that right now, I don't think there's anyone on Unicorns of Love outside of maybe Samix who you can say, I know what I'm getting from them every game. I, I, yeah. This is a known quantity I can trust in. And so I, I have I have... I have a lot of concerns for them, and I, I do wonder what franchising is going to mean for this org because uh, as oh, of yeah. right now, I don't know how they, they get that $10 million spot. So we'll see what happens. Um, and, and speaking of, uh, you know, let's let's see what happens with some of these teams that just squeaked their way into the playoffs last split, but now we're going to have what we, th- or, you know, what we think is going to be a revitalized Shulk and a revitalized Misfits. Josh, of the six playoff teams we got last split, um, who do you think is the most likely to miss the playoffs this time around? Mm, it's probably going to be between those who just barely made playoffs, Rocket and H2K. It's, I mean, I thought I was really surprised about H2K, anyways, because I thought they're going to finish last place. In the last split, but they definitely have surprised despite having a lot of chaos. But I would go for them. I don't think HGK is going to make playoffs this time. Yeah, it's 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 very hard for me to see. You know, the, this this H2K roster, I I do feel they had a little bit of a honeymoon effect when Shook yeah. first came in. Um, the, where it's like, oh, isn't it so great that we have this new uh, jungler? Uh, and we don't have to deal with uh, Santorin anymore, which <laughs> the the fact that he went to FlyQuest has just been uh, – it's made this offseason fun in my Discord. <laughs> but I do think that uh, Selfie is, is interesting. If this team does make the playoffs again, it will be because he elevated himself to top five mid laner in the region. That's that's what it's going to have to take. Um, and and Rockad is the other one. I, I, I have my biases, but I, I also – uh, just wrapped up an interview with HeQ uh, that is going to be on Unicorn.com by the time you're listening to this. Uh, so it's going to be in the description below. And, you know, they really believe that they are a team that can contend for a title if they fix a couple things. Like they they, they, they say if it's, it's it comes down to scrims and 
that their practice was really bad last split, that they played a lot better on the main stage. And if they practice to that level and, and to absorb as much as they can from scrims, they think they can take uh, another leap or three, uh, which I would love to see. I don't, you no. know, it's, it's hard when you think about the quality of players that are above them, whether they can actually pull that out. But the one thing I can say after talking, having two interviews with Rockout players this offseason is that they do believe that. And, and that confidence alone can be a huge boon to a team, uh, especially in a meta that's going to be in flux, as we discussed earlier. So, so let, let's, talk about, um, let's talk about Splice here, actually, because Splice is a team that I found fascinating. It, it felt like this team had the pieces that it needed to make a run for a title. You know, it was at the point where people were looking at them as as potentially being favored over G2, depend at you know it's different times over the course of last split. N never felt like they quite got to their potential as a team. What what are you hoping to see from them this split? What do they need to do to take the next step forward as a roster? I think overall uh, they have uh, probably one of the best opportunities here with their coach. Uh, I think Peter Dunn is actually, I mean, he was voted the best coach of the split, and I think he's doing a really good job with them. And you could really see that the Splice, at the beginning of the split, they were quite shaky, always had the 1-1 results. And then towards the end, you could see them at least picking up uh, more and more 2 0 wins throughout the weeks. And yeah, in the end, what they have in the coach, as I said, he, I think he's gonna have a good read on on the meta and has something prepared uh, for the team as well. Because right now it's gonna be a lot about adapting and of course predicting and finding something new for your team as well. Because in the end, if you look at it, you could see an on Alistair bot lane. It wouldn't be a surprise. Uh, mm -hmm anymore but still it's going to be hard to work with it because you're not used to it. and i think uh, with the coach especially they're gonna have uh, someone who's gonna prepare them especially for that as well and it's gonna help them with that because it's gonna be hard for the players to really uh, play against that for any player uh, right now to play against such a bot lane as i said an example on alistair but it could be anything to be honest um, or maybe we're just going to see a normal ADC meta and uh, we overthink that. But we had some teams already playing this in the Australian League, for example. But yeah, anyways, I think they have Peter Dan, uh, Peter Dan behind them. And I think he's going to be an, an important factor for this team. And overall, as I said, they performed better and better in, la in the last split. And I think they're going to have a good start into this split. A key player here, of course, is Xerxe, who was peaking in a lot of statistics as well. And overall, for me, in my eyes, also just watching him was the best jungler in the last split. And Niski also surprised me. And that also shows the effect that that a good coach or also a good coaching staff can have on them. And also a good in-game leader or leading personality, as Kazing was known to be a good in-game leading personality or leading personality, which also contributes to the team that shows how they can help to have those players evolve. And Niski definitely has been one of the most impressive mid laners in the last split. Yeah, he stepped up a big way towards the end of the split. Um, it was nice to see that kind of evolution for him. I do think there were, you know, the first couple weeks had to build his confidence up a little bit, but then they, you know, they had Xerxes spend some more time around that lane. I think that helped a lot. I, I do think Nisky yeah. has 
a, a ton of potential, um, uh, especially in those like mid to late game team fighting champs. I think that's where he shines. I, I agree with you 100% on Kasing. I love this guy. Uh, I've talked to yeah. him a couple times in the past and seeing him in interviews now. He is so much a student of the game, uh, just always kind of coming up with that next uh, way of, of, of approaching a certain champion or a matchup and, and trying to find the little edges. Um, that's something where he's shined, and I, I think that that's really important. And the thing that makes me very optimistic for this Splice team is that it would be very, very difficult for Oduamne to have as bad of a start to this season as he did last split. It was a very odd up-and-down split for Oduamne. We're not used to seeing him uh, die as often as he does uh, did on, on split pushes. To give an idea, he died 22 more times than the next highest death total on his team. So th this was a guy who was yeah. uh, getting caught out uh, a few uh, a little bit here and there, and and certainly um, wasn't taking that low econ kind of um, attitude to the lane and kind of absorbing pressure throughout the entirety of the split. Definitely got better as the split went on. Definitely returned to the guy that we know to be this top tier top laner. And if we get that for a full 18 games, that's going to be a really nice place for Splice to be. Um, and, and certainly with that coach, they do have the potential for it. Uh, I, I do have to bring up Vitality um, because this is a team that um, I I intrinsically still have a very hard time giving them the credit that they're due. Um, I, I Something about just Gilius's very hot and cold play style just kind of has me uh, struggling to, to, to adjust my analysis for a team that's play style kind of goes against some of the things that I have always valued. So, so I want to ask you, how good is Vitality? Are, are they, uh, are they going to be a top four team again this split? Are they, you know, are they going to fall down a bit? Do we think they could even take another leap forward? Like, what is this team's realistic uh, kind of placement in this split? Well, I mean, first of all, they have uh, two awesome personalities, of course, in Gilius uh, with his Twitter game and Yamato Cannon just because he's a cool person. But overall, I, I feel like people were really underestimating them. I think that's also the same case for a team like H2K. Uh, teams ha underestimated them, and in the end, you land into your best one, think like, okay, this might not be that hard, or we figured out how they are and then they come up with something new or something a little bit different and then you need to adapt again and they have a, they have a different style to the others a bit more aggressive around mid uh, and jungle than you usually see because Gilius uh, like he tries to get Jisuke ahead they synergize very well in that aspect and then Jisuke has this carry mindset has the carry potential has been an outstanding rookie and I think that made the team so strong. And overall, Capuchat is one of those who is in the league for long, is a consistent mid laner. The bot lane was a big question mark for me, but they also did quite well. So overall, they had the surprise effect, but they also played it out well. But still, while I say that, I think now, especially with the time between splits, teams have... The, the chance to figure them out and how they play and it's really up to vitality if they bring up new stuff in into their um into their team 
as individuals, but also as a team and also adapt to the meta well, the chaos is going to benefit them. Mm-hmm. But I still have some doubt. You have to, because at some point you're going to get more readable. And like I said, just now, there's a time between it and I think teams are going to read them and I don't think they're going to do it that well as they did in the last split. And you could also see them drop off in the regular season towards the end of the split as well. Yeah, uh, I, I think I, I think they they did a very good job of uh, taking advantage of teams that uh, underestimated them for the first half of the split. They do have a very aggressive play style and I do think for the start of this split, I could see them... Uh, getting off some some quick wins. Uh, I will say, uh, just looking at the numbers, I am impressed by some of their uh, objective control. Um, they were uh, they got the first three towers in 67% of their games. That's something that you don't expect from a team that we kind of mm. define by the chaos and the ganking kills and, and whatnot. Um, so they do a pretty good job as a team of taking yeah. the next objective once they get those kills. The question is whether those kills are going to follow the same way that they, they did, and I think that's where um, people scouting them uh, really comes yeah. into play. If you of course. Can... Yeah. Oh. It, yeah this, uh, I would say what adds to that, that they get so many turrets is also, of course, they're... it is actually the aggressive players. There are also a lot around jungle, which then gets them ahead, but then closing out the game, there's something missing which makes it harder for them to actually do that. And what teams surely going to adapt to is uh, and going to focus on is the how Vitality sets up those early plays and work around it. And of course, Scuttle is going to be very important as well because uh, that's going to define a lot about the early game as well. Who wins it? Who gets control over the jungle? Uh, and so on. And uh, for Gilius fails there, he might not be able to go for those early plays as well. And that could also change a lot about how Vitality plays or destroy their whole game plan as well. And then add to that additionally, and then they might not get those turrets. And then out of that, they might not be that of a dominant team and could actually also land in the bottom tier. Yeah, no, and, and that's and that's very much in play with this roster. And that's that's the thing. We, we know what they can do in theory, but we also know... Uh, you know, if people can pin Gilius down, uh, this is not a team that has a, a huge amount of team fighting prowess. Cabochard loves to play split pushers. That's what he likes to do. He, they prefer either the 1-4 or the 1-3-1 when they put Jazuki on a champion like Ryze and, and squeezing people out. If, if they don't get to dictate the pace of the game, if they don't get ahead early on and kind of force the, those, uh, those cross-map plays... Uh, this team doesn't have that secondary win condition at this point, and, and that's where yeah. I, I I couldn't agree with you more. I, I I'm I'm sure Gilius disagrees and is somewhere uh, <laughs> going to to hear about this and and hopefully use that as as, as fire for him. I know he's one of the first first Twitter game. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely right. Um, so so that leaves us with just two teams left, uh, Fnatic and G two, and. I, you know, this was this was our finals. This split, uh, we thought they were going to be our finalists heading into the split. I, I think that these are kind of the two kings of Europe, if you will. Uh, I know that phrase was overdone during the broadcast, but it's been a month and a half. I can use it again. Um, which of these, which of these two teams do you think has the uh, best chance to uh, to take home the title this split, or, or do you think that? 
neither of these teams are, are going to be your pick to win it all. I mean, right now, Fnatic, they're in a position where they just are so strong anyways, and I don't think uh, they, they're going to struggle unless we see a team really stepping up their game by a lot. I think Fnatic is ahead of uh, every other team in the European LCS. We could also see that in the finals against G2 where they swept them. And I don't think Fnatic overall... They're too strong of a team uh, right now, so I think they're going to take the title. But when it comes to uh, a team making the second place, I'm not sure about G2. I think Splice has a good shot at doing that as well. So I actually think I put Splice over G2, but only by a slight margin. So I think the the final could really be Fnatic against Splice this season. But I doubt that Fnatic is going to fall. Uh, would be would really need to be that the chaos breaks their confidence uh, out of that. Uh, of course, with chaos, I mean the patch yes. with ADCs and uh, the jungle changes. But I also don't think Broxler is going to have a huge problem in the meta. Reckless is going to be interesting because Reckless, if you look at his, his numbers overall, of course, he's a, t he's a player who wants to shine in late game. And of course, AD carries... Uh, are strong in late game now, but you're gonna hit the late game uh, spike later than usual. So there's still some good ADCs, but they might also get nerfed in the future. So either he's gonna go for those picks. I mean, for example, Lucian, but uh, Lucian, for example, wouldn't spike that hard, but he also has Ezreal, but people could ban it against him. And then you might see picks like, uh, I mean, I'm gonna bring up the the same example on Alistair, but it could also be a Vladimir uh, bot lane. I'm just gonna check really quickly because we also, I'm just gonna check what we saw in competitive play. We saw Mordekaiser being played as well mm -hmm. on 8.11 already. That was in the Brazilian league. Mordekaiser Pike. Uh, we saw Caitlyn, Draven, Lucian, Azriel, Kaiser, Kalista, but then yeah, like I said, this uh, on Alistair Lane as well. So it's it's gonna be really interesting because maybe some teams really gonna go for this cheese picks, but maybe it's just the those regions who who thrive in it. But European and NA LCS or even LCK gonna be like, you know what? We can also play until the late later stages of the game, not go for it. So that's gonna be a huge factor for Fnatic as well. Where Will you put Reckless on something weird, uh, or which is going to be weird at the beginning at least, for example, on, uh, or will you just say, no, we, we're going to try to play AD carries, which are good on this patch with him. Of course, there's still some which you can select right now, and then uh, play around that. That's going to be interesting to see, and I think that also could hurt them in the chaos, but overall you have Caps, you have Broxa, you have Reckless, who most likely still going to perform. He always has crazy farm numbers as well, and and so on. And uh, then, of course, Bripo as well. There's so much to talk about this roster, which is just uh, so strong about them. And I think the, the biggest weakness is actually right now, also looking at them as I's Hillisang, but... Compared to the other European LCS teams, Hillisang is, is still good enough to compete with other supports as well. So, as I talk so much about them, this, it's just <laughs> so hard. It's so hard to see them fail this split. There's a lot to talk about. This is a very, very good team, and I, I, I do believe that they are uh, most likely going to be our repeat champions. I think they looked very good at MSI. Uh, I think even in their their quarter uh, their semifinals loss to Royal Never Give Up, I, I think they had moments 
in which they yeah. look very good. And, oh, and yeah. you know, closing things out, that's something that, you know, this roster is just getting a little bit more uh, experience gelling uh, with this coaching staff. You know, Young Buck being there now, I think, you know, such, yeah, such yeah. a great mind to have as not even your head coach, just as a guy you get to – you get to have two basically <laughs> of the of the four best head coaches in the league, which is just great for them. Um, I'm looking. I you you made me uh, go look up Reckless on uh, Pro Builds uh, because I, I as soon as you brought it up, I'm like, yes, I too would like to know what the hell he's going to play. Uh, and the answer is Orn. Uh, his Orn is really good. If so, Loki oh. to be believed. I'm seeing like <laughs> okay. here's here's oh, five, yeah. five five zero twenty three twelve four twelve. Uh, you know, five three eleven. He he's looking good, and he has a Maokai game too that didn't look that bad. So, uh, reckless, gonna reckless. Uh, turn out turns out he can. Uh, he'll find a way. Um, I find that fascinating. Also, <laughs> this is it, it's yeah. just the most twenty eighteen uh summer split. Uh, solo cues I've seen in a while. Just it. Oh boy. But l- let's oh, talk yeah. about something that's not meta dependent but i think will have a huge effect on this team and that is uh whippo uh Bwipo versus soaz um both of these guys are, are talented top laners uh Bwipo, it felt like kind of earned the uh starting spot even after soaz had recovered uh that was the hot hand that they kept with it does look like right now they've announced that soaz is going to start this season of the two, which direction do you think Fnatic should be going in? Do you think it's time for the young blood, or do you think you fall back on the veteran here? I think it's good if they run with both top laners, actually, because it's always like that that you you need some pressure. And I think for a player like Soas, who definitely earned his reputation and spot as well, and everyone is gonna praise him, at some point you might also get a bit bit lazy and that happens to everyone and i think so is of course he always have has been a good top laner especially stepping up when it comes to international events even though we didn't really see him play a lot he played had one game at msi but still he could be the player who steps up there especially then as well mm-hmm. but uh, you also could see him tilt and sometimes have some really weak games from him so that's going to help him to actually get new motivation and improve having this experienced player or vip People also can just be this young role player who doesn't really have that much much experience yet. Of course, earned a lot of good experience just recently, but still he needs to get the consistent experience as well. And you still can fit him into anything you want to because he's gonna follow you. He he's kind of he's still the noob in this team to say it like that. Of course, not in the mean way, but he's he's this this young blood as you said it, the new guy. You're going to just give him on the task, whatever you want, and he's going to do it. And he's going to do it as good as possible. And that could put pressure on Soas. And then yet again, this dynamic is going to help Soas to get the best out of himself. While Bipo is going to be motivated anyways, and it's going to try to compete with him. So that's going to make top lane even better for them, working with both of them. You know, that that's certainly the ideal. You know, Fnatic, I, I think they have... I think both of these guys are obviously very talented, and I, I do think that uh, Buipo learning from Soaz uh, just does so much to help him evolve into the best version of himself that he can be. I, I do I do worry, though, whether Soaz is mentally the kind of player who can accept the task that's kind of being given to him uh, of being someone to kind of teach Buipo 
a lot of things about how to be an LCS caliber top laner and uh, and and have that battle back and forth. Uh, he does not, you know, he's not a guy who uh, has always been a, a fan of coaching. Uh, he's he's very open about that. So no. my mentor role, maybe not the most natural fit. Um, and this is a guy who is hyper competitive, and we saw some. Uh, kind of passive aggressive tweets during oh, yeah. the midseason invitational that just has <laughs> me, you know, I, I hope that, you know, the reason that those tweets were eventually deleted is that Soaz had someone talk to him behind the scenes and kind of go over some of these emotions and now everything's going to be okay. But it is, it is tough for a veteran leader with as much pride as Soaz has in his career to be faced for the first time with this question of, is he good enough to maintain his starting spot? That's going to be a very fascinating storyline to watch, and I'm very, very curious to see how Fnatic ends up splitting time, what that ratio oh, yeah. ends up being, uh, because it, it is a tightrope. And in the best case scenario, like you said, it's going to push all of the you know push both of them forward to make them both better. Uh, worst case scenario, um, there could be some chemistry issues that that start to affect this team, and and that's something that the coaching staff is of course aware of, and I'm sure gonna be gonna be working to kind of uh, assuage here um let let's talk about g2 real quick um because you did say you, you think there's a chance they fall out of the top two uh what do you think is the uh thing that worries you the most about this roster when it comes to kind of uh playing as up to the level they showed last split Mm, I think when it comes to just individual play them and pointing out uh, or pointing at one player, I would say Jankost is playing a lot weaker than he did on teams like, uh, well, like H2K, for example. Um, and he has been the, the first Blood King, but last season you couldn't really see that. He, there he wasn't this aggressive, uh, strong uh, first blood king anymore who could get you an early lead. And then again, Perks also, he can compete with Caps, but I also feel like Caps is uh, still ahead of him as well. Jan and Vadid uh, are a good bot lane, um, but yet again, of course, I should, should actually, to be fair, I should compare them with Splice, and I think uh, their bot lane definitely can compete with them. But I think the main issue is going to be the jungle matchup, if we compare them, and Jankos, he wasn't impressive at all in the last split. Uh, I think that's where the, the major problem lies, because Wanda definitely, he was the best top laner in uh, the last split for me. Jörn mm -hmm. uh, and Vadid, they became better and better throughout the split. Perks, always good mid laner. Uh, actually, was once the best mid, la mid laner. I think there's no argument around it that it's Caps now, but still, he's also a, g a great player, nevertheless. And I think for G2, it's really Jankos who needs to step up again. But on the other hand, this meta where you gotta have an early impact, if he still has this in it to be an early game jungler, he might thrive in it. But if not... And I think Xerxes, of course, if we go for the head-to-head -head between Splice and G2 Esports, and if not, then Xerxes is going to punish him, and G2 is going to fall to the third place, probably. Yeah, you know, it's the Yankos conversation is an interesting one to me. Um, be, I, I wrote an article about Yankos heading into the semifinal series that they had against Splice. Um, I was looking at him and Oduwamne, because one of them was finally going to break this final curse that they both suffered from. For their entire careers and i 
you know, I, I, I think I disagree with you on Yankos to a certain extent because I, I think that he's not the first blood king anymore. He had a 37% first blood rate, which was the third lowest among European junglers with 10 or more games last split. That's not going to get you there if you're looking at guy to make an early impact right away, which in, in this meta, that, that can be a bit of a liability. But what he's done to adjust for that um, he has become much more vision-focused than he was at any other point in his career. He placed 1.55 words per minute, which was the most of all European junglers last split. That's not something we usually give Yankos credit for because we think of him as this big playmaker, but he's been the guy who, who sets up vision around the map, takes less gold than most junglers at his position, and is always there when plays are happening. 80.8% .8 kill participation is absolutely absurd, but was totally a thing that he did. Now, I, I, I do agree that they're missing um, the aggression that we were expecting him to be bringing. His damage numbers are incredibly low uh, for what we expect from Yankos. Only 212 damage per minute. That's not a lot. That's probably the lowest of his entire career. Um, by a significant margin. But if you can get the other lanes to, to step up in that regard, if you if you can get Hjarnin to uh, be more reliably a, a third option here, uh, then, then you can make that work. Or you can try to let Yankos off the leash and really let him be a, a more power guy like he's been at previous points in his career. It, it does feel like they're, they're going to have to figure out exactly how to make the most out of his talents no. because right now it can be very uh it, it can go either way um and they had you know that's why g2 had the the streaks that they did and why a team that that did so well against splice in the semis then kind of collapsed in themselves uh, against Fnatic. it's it's going to take uh it's going to take time to to figure out the, the, they need to pick their identity and go with it and and that's going to be interesting to watch so I, la last question here, Josh, on our way out. Um, obviously, there have been no games played. It is very silly to make predictions this far out in advance, but that is our job here as, as analysts uh, on a podcast like this. So uh, at the end of the season, uh, what do you think we're going to be uh, – what do you think we're going to be saying? Where do you think the season ends up? Mm. Well, I mean, I gave my prediction for the top three already, okay. which were Fnatic first – second g2 third fourth is starting to already get tricky because i could see anyone at fourth so uh, let me think about this i guess there are so many rosters really have the potential and that's all uh, also could drop off but hmm i think i believe in misfits actually coming back uh, I think they're gonna gonna make it as fourth, and then I'm gonna go for Schalke as fifth. Actually, finally stepping up and uh, playing up to the name. And the sixth is uh, tricky again. Now let's go between uh, Giants and Rocket and Vitality here. Uh, my pick is gonna be on on Giants here. Then. Seventh, I would say it's going to be Vitality. Eighth, Rocket. And ninth, I, I actually think Unicorns of Love is going to make it. They're still 
even though HGK has a lot of potential, I feel like now they're going to drop. And Unicorns of Love, even though I think they have a lot of weaker players, there's still some fighting power in it. Even though it would be just ninth place, they would finish. And I think HGK is going to actually place last this season, uh, this split. Well, well, there you go. Yeah, it, you know, I, I, I can certainly. It, it would be interesting to see Giants get that that sixth spot. They have the potential for it. We've seen them uh, play some great games to that end, and and I think they could be one of those other teams that does benefit from this chaos. I've got I've got this being a Fnatic G two rematch in the finals. I, I think Fnatic is just such a good team. I think they're going to repeat. I think yeah. we're going to see them uh, be Europe's number one seed, and I, I think the G two. Um, there's just so much talent on that roster uh, on a position-by-position position basis that I, I just think uh, another split, uh, hopefully they can they can figure out some of those little rough edges that were left around. I, I think that's where we end up. I hope that I am surprised. I am glad that I uh, was able to, to have you uh, on the show here, Josh, joining me. That was a, a lot of fun. Thank you for your time. Um, is there anything you want to plug on your way out? Well, nothing really besides uh, if you liked it, of course, gotta go for the own social media sellout. You can follow my Twitter, of course. But anyways, thank you for having me. And it was nice to talk to you about the European LCS. And it's going to be exciting to see how the teams are going to perform and especially the first few weeks will be uh, interesting it's gonna be great it's gonna be it's gonna be this and then we get banner of command removed the next patch which is <laughs> crazier i have no idea where we end up by the playoffs i don't think any of these teams do either uh best of ones adding so much more variance to it it's going to be a blast uh and i hope that you guys enjoyed uh the podcast those of you listening at home um i'm gonna be trying to do some more of these episodes uh moving forward I'll give you guys a little bit more of a rundown of what the show is going to look like uh, in a couple weeks. But for now, uh, until next time, goodbye, Internet.